This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4ZZZ out of Brisbane, Australia. I've got Brendan and Troy on the line from Queenslanders with Disability Network. How are you going today? Uh, well, yeah, great, thanks. I, first of all, I'd like to ask you, whoever can answer, what does QDN do? Troy here, Queenslanders with Disability Network. It's, a, uh, it's an organisation, a little not-for-profit, that it's set up to provide opportunities for people with disability to connect and to engage in, in society and programs, um, systems and things like that so that people with disabilities um, have an opportunity to, you know, to be part of the society that we all um, we all live in here in Brisbane. Yep, awesome. So I'm interested in talking to you, both of you today about uh, QDN Gage. What is, exactly is that? Yeah, so QDN Engage is an initiative um, that we started here at QDN to provide an opportunity for people with disability to have their lived experience recognised in a paid way, um, to engage with businesses, organisations, um, governments, councils, those kind of things, to inform those customers of ours the right way of going about things to make sure that we live in an inclusive society that's fully accessible. So did you find when you started QD Engage that there was not a lot of knowledge about the needs of people with disabilities in the community? I would say yes and it's, it's growing and it's emerging um, particularly in light of um, things like the, the recent Olympic announcement. Um, we're already seeing that um, there are aspects within government that are wishing for uh, Brisbane, South East Queensland, to be the most inclusive society and the most inclusive games that it can possibly be. Mm. And we're already seeing a, a real upturn in interest from, as I say, from government organisations, councils, etc., that want help um, to make sure that their their services that they provide to the community are as inclusive as possible. Well, that sounds like a great service. So, part of the QD Engage program is having people who are members of QDN. Uh, do that work and we've got one of them on the line with us today. We've got Brendan. How are you going, Brendan? Hello, everyone. Yes, I've been a QDN Engage uh, member here for quite a, a while and really enjoying the experience. And what have you done so far? Uh, I've done a range of uh, opportunities from, uh, from the smart ticketing project uh, within government. I've consulted websites to make sure that they are compliant with the range of accessible standards uh, for um, print uh, disabilities uh, on computers and mobile devices. I've also done uh, a range of consulting around health apps, making sure that uh, people with disability, uh, including people uh, with sight loss, get the best health care that uh, is open uh, to them as part of the uh, uh, United Nations Charter on the Rights of the Person with uh, Disability. So really enjoying the experience. Yeah, I heard you mention there the Smart Ticketing uh, Program. What was that? So the Smart Ticketing Project uh, is an initiative to create new uh, ticketing validators on stations and we are working uh, with government to roll out that solution on um, buses, trams and uh, trains uh, throughout uh, Queensland and uh, really looking uh, at that new uh, facilities and new systems uh, that are vitally uh, more uh, friendly when people travel. 
to make it more convenient uh, for them to tap on and tap off and uh, to make it easier for people to be able to read and understand the validator uh, information uh, that's on the actual validator uh, so people can feel at ease when travelling. So you seem to have quite a range of accessibility issues that you've worked on there. Can you tell us what some of the challenges have been for you personally? Challenges has been uh, here in getting information uh, back uh, to really find out whether the uh, consulting that I have done on projects has actually been brought in. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that uh, it's been a challenge to to really be uh, there uh, to see the, uh, sometimes see the, uh, the finished product. Um, one, one thing we do find as well when we're, uh, from a challenge perspective, is often um, services or contracts have been procured uh, without people with disability being included in the procurement process mm. and then trying to retrofit the solutions later um, can become more tricky than had um, accessibility been considered um, during the procurement phase. That's a really big issue. So there's been a number of uh, procurement um, projects, large uh, government projects uh, in recent times and heading uh, back up to do with uh, particular modes of transportation uh, surrounding um, a certain disabilities that were um, disadvantaged and were not taken into account when certain large contracts were signed for the um, Commonwealth Games uh, back in the day. Uh, and that led to quite a lot of uh, disappointing uh, retrofitting and still very lengthy delays on certain uh, projects that really uh, should not have been um, delayed upon. Yes, I remember there was a very important court case probably in the 80s that was all about the Olympics not being accessible, wasn't it? it was. I think it was a vision-impaired gentleman who took the... Um, Olympic Committee to court over that and, and won because the tickets weren't accessible? Uh, yes, it was to do with the uh, the website uh, where he could not uh, receive a Braille uh, copy of certain information that he uh, uh, was requiring and he actually won, he actually won that case mm. and he was eventually um, given that information but not without large and lengthy um, uh, time frames, uh, which really should not have been placed upon him uh, to be able to do. Yeah. So in terms of the accessibility of websites and apps, do you think things are improving? I think uh, that um, we still have a very long way to go, but I think uh, the, challenge, the challenge that we have at the moment is we have people... Uh, because our workforce is becoming so casualised now and we have people moving in and out of uh, positions more and more regularly, um, the issue that we have is we have new people beginning in, in, in roles that don't know what the last person did. So I think the, I think the uh, enthusiasm is there uh, to create a more... Um, uh, society, but I think we have a challenge, a very unique challenge now to try and address the casualisation of our workforce 
I do think with the advent of the NDIS um, being such a, a high-profile, highly public program, uh, program of works, so I do think that has helped to really heighten the need of um, accessibility um, more broadly across across the community. Because we know, you know, the stats are really clear. One in one in five people um, in Australia, are, you know, is a person with a disability, mm. um, and that, you know, from a from a business sense, it makes sense to make your your products and services accessible to the hundred percent, not just the eighty. So, um, from that perspective, I, I, I do see that there's definitely a desire to improve, as Brendan was just uh, was just talking about. Well, I would also go further than that and say that just going to a minimum standard of a requirement to make something accessible is actually not enough. You've actually got to go above the standard and you've actually got to go above in um, in uh, making your uh, services uh, accessible because you, you never know. Maybe you being in that position... Uh, you might find yourself actually needing that service one day. So I think that's uh, something vital that people need to keep in mind. Yep. What do you think would improve that situation, Brendan? Uh, I think the only way that it's to be improved is there needs to be lengthy, there needs to be lengthy um, training uh, that's being provided and, and not... Uh, taking people on that's happening at the moment in a lot of industries for three months and then letting them go. There needs to be a long-term, long-term commitment to um, putting somebody on and actually training them up to be uh, to be um, to to understand disability and uh, and really putting putting your resources into that worker. Is that one of the things that QDN does that provides accessibility training for workers? Well, that's that's traditionally done by uh, that has been traditionally done by me. Uh, me as a, a, a QDN um, uh, engagement consultant, that they will usually get me to do it uh, on on an ad hoc basis uh, sort of thing. So I will be uh, coming and. Um, train uh, a new admin person up, for instance, on how to on how to uh, you know design a, a website or a page, or how to put up social media uh, to be accessible uh, to everyone. So really, uh, uh, so the answer to the question is yes, but um, really when I'm asked, and I'm and I'm happy uh, to do that work as of when uh, is required. Tim, uh, to that point as well, we've currently got 69 um, advocates um, that are doing work. They all have different lived experiences, obviously, you know, a variety of different ages, um, different genders, um, you know, different um, disability types. Obviously, Brendan um, is a visually impaired guy, but we've got um, others that, you know, that have different disabilities and therefore their user experience is quite um, different and unique. Um, Part of the role, I guess, in, in doing this sort of work is making sure we're matching the right people to the, to the right customers. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? 
You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.